With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Dana Vereen, great to see you, man, making your season debut. And we should lead things off by just pulling that pulling that curtain back a little bit for the listeners and let them know what we were chatting about just moments before we started recording. Two really key things. The craziness of hotel rooms in Vegas around both F1 and the Super Bowl, <laughs> <laughs> Super Bowl which is a terrified yep. Ollie, obviously, because that we're going to blow our entire season's budget on one night in a hotel room. And your golf handicap, of course. Those are the, the two most pressing things we were talking about. Uh, absolutely. And uh, none of them are good. Let's just put it to you that way. The pra- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we're looking at it in K, in thousands, the price of our hotel room for one night in Vegas at the Super Bowl average price versus Shane Vereen's golf handicap right now. <laughs> 11, it's pretty much 12. the same. Yeah, <laughs> great to see you. There is some, there's a ton to get into. We're going to have a lot of fun today because we've got a brand new feature for the show, which we're dropping called 57 Seconds. And you are the going to be the very first lucky uh, in the lucky hot seat for 57 seconds, where we're going to fire a whole load of questions at you rapid fire in see how many get right in 57 seconds. So I'm looking forward to that. we got our picks contest as well. I'm really excited about that because after week one, Shane Breen, 11 wins for little old me. And all I care about Ooh. is beating Ollie in the 42 game, two games up on Ollie. So uh, <laughs> it's been a strong start. Good. So even at this crazy early stage, we're going to pick week two games. That's going to be that's going to be interesting. Yeah. And then, uh, okay. and then of course, we're going to look ahead at some of the, those games in, in a little bit more detail. But first things first, we've obviously got to lead off with the Aaron Rodgers news. It was yeah. extraordinary, heartbreaking. Uh, so many questions rattling through my head. First of all, what does this do for Aaron Rodgers' career in the sense that forget the season, the Jets, the high hopes, everything else. Is there a very real chance that we might never see Aaron Rodgers play the game again? I, I think that there's a very, very real chance um, that we've seen the last of Aaron Rodgers. I hope not selfishly, um, you know, but an Achilles is is no easy feat to come back from, especially um, at the age of 39 and as, as superhuman as Aaron Rodgers seems and the way he plays the game and four time, uh, NFL MVP at the end of the day, he is human at the end of the day, you know, he still has to recover just like the rest of us. Um, granted, I, I do believe the fire will still be there. Um, but do you think even more so than, you know, how like a, a heavyweight fighter, goes down in the first round and does not want to go out like that. We'll have a comeback fight because I'm not going out like that. Do you think that's how Rogers will be viewing this? I hope so. I really do because I do think he still has a few years left to play. Um, I think he can play up until 42 if he wanted to, if he wanted to, um, you know, so I would love, I really hope that he comes back because I would love to see him on this Jets team. Um, I would love just to see him selfishly still in in the NFL, regardless of what team he plays for. He's just that spectacular to me, and um, and I know him personally, and so that adds to it as well. So I, I just, you know, my my heart goes out to him. You know, prayers are up for him for for a quick and an easy recovery, as easy as it can be. But that that type of injury, um, the Achilles, 
although it's become more common. And so because it comes becomes more common, the, the therapy and the surgeries um, become more routine for doctors and, and, you know, there's been advances in that, but that's still one of the toughest injuries, especially in the game of football to come back from. And I guess particularly, well, not particularly for a quarterback, but but given, you know, how significant an injury that is just in terms of planting your foot and in terms of the key mechanics of a quarterback, that that's something to, to, to bear in mind. You mentioned you know him personally. He, I don't expect you to, to you know, open the book, open the book on, on, on too much, but I am curious because he is one of the most enigmatic figures in the game, right? Uh, that's fair to say. He's a brilliant player. Yeah. He's obviously quite left field uh, in, in a lot of his views and the way he handles himself. Do you think he's maybe, mm-hmm. generationally speaking, one of the most misunderstood players uh, of his time in terms of how the wider fan base Abs- perceives Aaron Rodgers? I would I would say so. Absolutely. Um, Because if when you talk to him and you meet him in person, uh, he is the nicest, kindest, most one of the most competitive people to be around. Um, And he kind of draws you in. He's funny. He he's low key. He's very, very laid back. Um, And I think he gets kind of like this bad rap about him for whatever reason. I, I don't know. What bear he poked? I don't know why the media tries to spin spin his personal life a certain way. I don't know why people care about his personal life so much that it, it right. it's made him an enigma in a sense, right? Like when it's the off season, do what you want to do. Like why why do we need to deep dive Aaron Rodgers' personal life? I, I've never understood that, um, and, and so. I know him from the sense of we trained together um, for multiple off seasons um, out in California. He he was at Cal, my college, before I was there, but we kind of had that relationship, that bond, and so we played against each other on the on the field. And so I just have an immense respect for who he is as a person, immense respect for who he is as a player, as a quarterback, and, and but more importantly, immense respect for who he is as a leader. You know, even now, even in that we're in the year twenty twenty three, and. And so much has has changed. I, I, for the better, I think progressively. There's still a long way to go. I think with with a lot of sentiment, but but generally speaking, things in many ways, in terms of mindsets and acceptance, and uh, uh, and I guess a, a, a wider public consciousness, it has progressed. Yet those people that are a little bit different, a little bit left field, particularly in football, yeah. are still mm. can see a slight suspicion around him. It's like it's like when Trevor Lawrence came out and. He was being, uh, he was doing the interview rounds. I always remember this. And there was a concern about him because he said he was interested in things other than football. As though that was somehow like right. a major right. issue against him. It's just madness. Um, yeah. One thing on the on the injury, man, that I wanted to get your take on as an athlete. A number of players came out. Bakhtiari, uh, of course, his former teammate, most notably, uh, yeah. criticizing artificial turf, right? And saying that, why is the NFL so backwards here? And we're going to have the World Cup, which is going to be, you know, in, in, you know, entirely on grass. And that is going to uh, uh, change this up. And yet here we are, multi-million dollar athletes, death right and center, still playing in this way and, and risking injury. Where are you on that? Are you firmly in the Bakhtiari camp that this has got to change? Um, it should have changed years ago, in my opinion. Um, it should have changed right after AstroTurf. Um, they got rid of AstroTurf. Um, 99.9% of players are going to say that they would rather play on grass. We practice on grass. Why do, why, if we're going to play on turf, right, why aren't we practicing on turf? We practice on grass. We never practice on turf unless it's a walkthrough or unless, unless it's, it's a quick practice because turf beats up the joints. It's faster than grass. You can, the, the top speed is faster on grass, but for what you get in that sense, what it does to your body at the end of the game, it's not worth it. Grass is so much better. It gives, it's more receptive to your cleats. Your cleats can dig in, your cleats don't get stuck. Um, And especially on new turf, which uh, MetLife, they just put in new turf this off season because there were so many complaints about the previous years and all the injuries that happened on that specific turf. It would be one thing if they, if the NFL stadiums were buying the top of the line turf, top of the line synthetic grass, top of the line synthetic rubber, but they're not. They are not buying the best turf even. And the reason why they went to turf in the first place is because it's cheaper for the owners. It's cheaper for the stadiums because there's less maintenance that has to go on with it. That's the whole reason behind it. You just have to follow the money. But even to make it even worse, you have 
you're if you're an owner, you have the product that's making you millions and millions of dollars a year. Um, you're paying these players millions and millions of dollars a year. You should want to invest to keep them healthy, right? That you want to protect your investment. That makes complete sense. So even if you're going to go turf, at least buy the best turf that in the world, the best turf that mankind has ever created. And they're not even doing that. So I am, I, I don't think that Aaron Rodgers injury had anything to do with the playing surface. However, Players have been screaming at the top of their lungs for 10 plus years now about playing on turf and how dangerous playing on turf is and how much we would rather play on grass. And you just look at the name. There's not one NFL team that practices on turf. Not one. Every NFL team practices on grass. So you do the math yourself. Clearly, they're trying to save us during the week and allowing us to practice on grass, right? Because it's better. But then when we go to game time, we go into the stadiums. And it's turf, and there go your injuries. It's crazy, isn't it? When you you put it in those terms, it is, it's absolutely fascinating, and also it really counterintuitive when you think about whatever criticisms you want to levy at most NFL ownership of one kind or another, to varying degrees as well. Let's be honest, there is yeah. it's smart poker, right? You look at other sporting leagues and institutions around the world. The NFL are the gold standard in egalitarian let's protect each other let's be smart about this let's protect the product right because we're all going to make money out of it that's the reason for doing it but they make smart decisions and then you see this and you think to your point that's that's totally illogical that you're putting this product at risk or is it because most of the time they think because they're mercenary owners or can be you know in in the sense of their business people right and so they're just out there to make a lot of money first and foremost I think most players are interchangeable, right? And that's their, their view on it. But then when it's a superstar, when Aaron, right. it happens to Aaron Rodgers, it happens to RG3, it happens when when the superstars get hurt. Will that change their mind? Will that force the issue, do you think? I, I, that the, the unfortunate part is I think it's going to take an, an unimaginable amount of superstars to get injured in the same season or within like two years for them to really sit back and be like, okay, now we're hurting our bottom line. Too many quarterbacks have gotten hurt. We're hurting our bottom line because of the surface. I think a lot of it also, most NFL, a majority of the NFL teams are centered around the East Coast, um, in which weather in the wintertime plays plays a portion. So as fields get beat up, as the weather and snow and rain starts to beat up the field, visually, um, from a viewer standpoint, the field doesn't look as pretty or as perfect turf. Right. Never, you ne- it always looks the same. It always looks good. So I think from a visual standpoint, um, from a maintenance standpoint, that's why turf is is uh, widely used. Now, there are still some stadiums that have grass. And let me tell you, players love playing there, even if it's not your home stadium. Like you, you love playing on grass. Um, so I, I hope that it doesn't have to come down to more players getting injured before they make a change. But like I said, it's this has been a topic of conversation within locker rooms, um, within the NFL, not necessarily publicly. But these have been conversations within the NFL that have been going on for 10 plus years since turf became the, the go to. Um, and just and let me just tell you, you practice sometimes if you're. When I was with New England, for example, we would practice in in our in our bubble only the weeks when we would play in Miami because then they would crank the heat up uh, in right. the bubble so that we could get ready, especially late in the year, we could get ready to go down and play in the heat. Um, there's certain teams that might practice that might go inside if it's torrential downpour and the the forecast for Sunday is sunny skies so you're going to practice inside because you want a clean practice but let me tell you just have just being on that turf for two hours in practice versus on grass for two hours of practice your feet your knees your ankles feel completely different your lower back it's just it, there's no give in turf and you're just yeah. you're just pounding those joints pounding those muscles and heaven forbid a cleat gets stuck so and that's when the real injuries happen the problem mm. with turf also is that there's it's not necessarily injuries from contact. It's the non-contact injuries. Those are the right. worst ones. Um, and and you get a lot more of those non-contact injuries on turf than you do on grass. Those innocuous ones when your toe gets jammed, something gets jammed and you twist something. It's, it's, it's absolutely fascinating exactly. to hear. And when you were describing that as well, I, and painting the picture of, you know, we're going to play here and it's normally 
you know, very uh, hot temperature that we're not used to, so we're going to change things up. And you start talking about torrential rain. I just got this vision of um, Coughlin or Belichick just bringing out some kind of Hollywood rain sprinkler <laughs> just drenching you for <laughs> get the hoses out, the jets out, and fire you, fire you with those. So look, let's bring this back to where this leaves the Jets, and, and obviously, as you, as you rightly say, Aaron Rodgers one of the one of the all time greats, and every neutral out yeah. there wants to see him back, and certainly will be wishing him the very best. And we're not going to see him back this season, uh, barring something yeah. you know, un, you know, completely remarkable happening. So it is reasonable to say that is Rodgers and the Jets done for this season. So yeah. is this? The Zach Wilson redemption arc is that is that what we're? And I joked about it preseason that Rogers takes them to the promised land and in the championship game takes an injury. I mean, God, maybe I maybe some kind of weird karma here. Maybe it's my, my it's fault. It's all your fault. It's all your fault. I wish I had just admitted that. We I could have got away with it. That was buried in the preseason vault, Shane, and now I've brought it up again. <laughs> Can you imagine if if Zach Wilson gets? I think I mean we talked about Ollie. Remember, like even in the Super Bowl, like Wilson gets wheeled out third quarter and wins the game for the Jets and Wilson is is the Super Bowl MVP and we were of course taking taking the mickey but now that's a very real chance yeah well Zach Wilson yeah. has a chance can he grab the chance Zach Wilson one of the most maligned players of the last couple of years a bust a draft bust yeah. he now has an opportunity to put it right can he take that opportunity do you think I, I really do hope so because I think because the Jets are built to win now. They're they're going to have one of the top two to three defenses, if not the top defense in the league this year. Um, they definitely got off to a great start last night, that's for sure. Um, look, I, I think one way, reason I'm being optimistic about Zach Wilson is he's got a new offensive coordinator now in Nathaniel Hackett. And maybe Nathaniel Hackett um, – will be a better fit for Zach Wilson. We'll be able to understand his strengths and weaknesses and put him in positions to be successful. And what I mean by being successful is n- limit the turnover significantly. I think if Zach Wilson can just be play smarter, understand that the defense is going to have to carry this team, just don't turn the ball over and put the defense in harm's way. Um, I think that they, I think he can be successful. And I do think that the Jets can be um, a playoff team. Now, I say that, and that's much easier said than done, um, but I do believe that maybe a refresh of a new offensive coordinator, like I said, um, and possibly the run game looked great last night. Mm-hmm. They're going to lean on the run game. I, I think I think it's going to open the play-action pass a lot more, and those are much simpler reads, much simpler throws for any quarterback. So I, I think you know you're going to have to make some tweaks to your offense, no doubt. You're not going to be able to be as multiple as as flashy um, with Zach Wilson, but I still believe that you can win enough ball games because of the way they run the ball, and because of the and because of the defense and. Because of Garrett Wilson, let's be honest, that man is amazing. So oh, I, I, I think unreal. they had, yeah, unreal. And so they have so many pieces to where I think, I think that they can they can get it done. You know, it's interesting hearing you talk because the the weapons around and the, the simplification of the game plan that they're, in, they're as you say inevitably going to have to apply with Wilson anyway. Do you think they will? They'll be shopping around anyway, right? They're going to cover their cover their backs and look at the options, look at the market, look who's out there. Do you think they'll give Wilson a couple of weeks whilst they're assessing? Can we bring in a vet? Can we bring in? Because I mean, unless they get unless they're going to prize a decent starter, and obviously they're not going to get someone like Carl Garoppolo because they just landed in new digs anyway. But that type of player, maybe a Tannehill, you know, unless they can get somebody that is a seasoned vet that is starting at the moment, it, it, it doesn't really make a, I, they might look at sort of Teddy or, or one of the top backups yeah. that might be mm-hmm. an upgrade, but how are they, how will the front office uh, play it? Will they give Wilson a couple of weeks? Will they be putting out the feelers right now? What will they be doing? Right. If I was, if I was in the front office position, I would be putting out feelers right now. I would have been putting out feelers the moment I woke up at 6am. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think, I think you find who's still out there, who's available. Um, I don't mean on the street, but I mean somebody who's not who's not on currently on a roster. And I think you bring you bring two of them in, um, 
and you and you choose between one of them. But I think you want to be proactive about this and don't wait until that until you're like, oh, man, now we have to have somebody because Zach Willis is not doing it. Now you're behind the eight ball. And you when you could have had somebody in learning the system, getting comfortable with the team, building some type of chemistry. So that way it's not such a big leap and you're not trying to rush um, somebody who you just brought in to learn an offense in, in a week or two weeks. I got an so A for you. I think, I got, with, with Nathaniel Hackett there, I, I got an A for you. Two words for you, Shane Marine. Blake Bortles. <laughs> the Bortles <Ooh>. come back. <laughs> does right in it, it could happen, right? <laughs> it That's could. It could. Yeah, oh, exactly. I saw a tweet last night that said, Tom Brady has a chance to do the funniest thing in sports history. Meaning him coming back and playing for the Jets <laughs> this year. Could you oh, imagine? Do it, Brady. Do it, Brady. Oh, my God. But would Brady do – I mean, would he – my God, would he – he might – he wouldn't he, he really care about – when you think about rivalries in the NFL, it's different yeah. to – it's different to football, isn't it, right? To to a large degree. It's yeah. not like you're playing for, you know, Rangers and Celtic or, you know, Real and Barca or Man United and Man City. In all of those cases, obviously, right. yeah, players have played for both. But if there was a team that Brady would tarnish his Patriots legacy, I guess it would be the Jets, wouldn't it? No, that would be it. <laughs> and you know what's funny is he was um, – he was the – they retired his jersey this week in, in New England. Um, right, so yeah. he was there. The crowd was going nuts. He rang the he rang the lighthouse bell. Um, and so then if he did that week one and then week three or week two, <laughs> he, he's in a Jets uniform, that would be terrible. Uh, I love it. Uh, the picture as well uh, with him, him sitting next to Bob Craft. And <laughs> it was all yeah. the homecoming. It's all good. Everything. We're all friends again. <laughs> Maybe, uh, maybe not so much. Okay. Let's stay the AFC East then. What does this do? Whether it's Zach Wilson, whether it's a you know vet they bring in, it's obviously going to be a downgrade from, from Rogers. So what does this do to the AFC East battle? Because the Jets were right in the mix, right? The obviously yeah. they demonstrated last night, even with the injury, they the big marker win against the Bills. The Dolphins look electric but fallible, I guess. Like the most exciting team in football, yeah. but yeah, they're probably quite flawed. The Patriots, we don't quite know what, what we're getting there. So how does the East shape up now that Rodgers is out? I, I I don't – I mean, it changes things. It, it definitely changes things um, from the Jets' perspective. I, I'm not so sure how much it changes things from, from the division perspective because – um, you expected to see a certain type of product, a certain type of offense on the field with Rodgers. Now that he's gone, the rest of the teams in the division, the rest of the teams in, in the league aren't really sure what to expect offensively from Zach Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett now. Mm. Um, so I think that that kind of gives the Jets an advantage offensively because um, you're not you're not going to know really what to prepare for because the game plan last night was for Aaron Rodgers. The game plan last night was not for Zach Wilson. So as the mm-hmm. season goes on and as the game plans start being tailored towards Zach Wilson, um, defenses are going to have to adjust to that. Mm, that is interesting. And I guess they, but they will catch up quickly. And then Wilson yeah. is, is fascinating to see because here's a guy who clearly given his draft stock has so much ability, but has had, and we've seen situations so many, many times in, in lots of different ways. Or Josh Rosen is, the, I guess, the prototype of recent years for wrong situation, yeah. wrong time. It doesn't mean he's a, not a good quarterback. It just didn't play out for him. Or you get someone like that Prescott that lands as a mid-rounder in a good spot. Injury gets him a shot and uh, and he grabs the opportunity. So maybe, you know, maybe Wilson, Mark too. One more thing on this. Do you think, mm-hmm. and a lot was said about Rodgers and Aaron and uh, Jordan Love, and obviously, Rogers sitting under Favre and this whole te- obvious tension, right? When you've got your successor yeah. waiting there every day, and you know he's and he's younger than you as well, and all of this. Do you think <laughs> that we might see a different kind of Rogers, at least to the one that's that's advertised? Going back to what we said at the top, and he might well be a really influential figure and develop Zach Wilson because he's forced on the sidelines in a way that maybe he wouldn't have done when he was playing. 
Yeah, I, I'm glad you said that because that was going to be, be my next point that I brought up before we, we ended this topic is I hope that, you know, once once Aaron Rodgers is feeling up to it, that he inserts himself back into the QB room, um, that he inserts himself to the sideline. Um, the sideline might be tough because he'll have limited mobility, but at least if he's in the film room, in the quarterback room at practice, helping Zach become better, I think that, that I think that would be the biggest uh, sense of encouragement, the biggest help that Zach Wilson could ever have, even mm. bigger than having a new offensive coordinator, even bigger than having a great defense and Garrett Wilson and Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard and a run game. I think Aaron Rodgers being in that room and helping Zach Wilson mentally get through things um, will be the biggest, the biggest help that anybody could ever ask for for Zach Wilson. Yeah, it's a great point. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, so putting the AFC East aside for a minute, well, actually, maybe you want to include a a team or two in the question I'm about to ask you. Based on week one, crazy wild overreactions that we all love to apply, but also, more importantly, preseason coming into this season, it's early doors, Shane Vereen. So where's your head at? Who are the contenders? Is there a group of X number of teams that, to you, are demonstrably the, the, the clear favorites? And then there's a chasing pack yeah. of everybody else. Who who are you liking the look of this season? So <laughs> it's funny because had you asked me before before week one, my answers would be completely different than after week one. Um, okay. Because okay. I, yeah, well, the one team that I would that is consistent is the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, mm-hmm. they look fantastic, and I expect them. I spent a week with San Francisco during their first week of training camp, and they looked. Good, just as good week one in training camp as they did um, in Pittsburgh last on Sunday. Um, what are you looking AFC, for in I training want... camp? Having been a, having been a player for, for so many years in training camp and now an, a broadcaster yeah. and analyst, what are you? What are the things you're looking for to pick out that you think mm, okay, these guys are going to be sharp this year? Um, you said it: sharpness, quickness, um, complete, um, clean. You know, like you, you go. You go to practices, especially in training camp, right? It's a lot of practice, but the teams that are crisp, the teams that get off the ball, the teams that don't have pre-snap penalties, the teams where, okay, this period the offense won, this period the defense won. So it's evened out. You see good ball on both sides. Um, you, you see competitiveness. You see energy. You, you see guys not just coming out to play with energy, but getting better from practice one to practice four or practice five. And like, and you just see the team get better. That's Mm. what you look for. In contrast, I spent uh, I spent a week with another team who's in a different who's in a different period. A new head coach. You're being diplomatic Um, here. You're not going to name them, are you? Yeah. The Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. I wasn't going to with such a guy. So I spent a week with the Denver Broncos as well. And they're the organization, the team is just in a completely different realm right now with the new head coach. So that practice mm. was a slower paced because there's a lot more teaching. There's a lot more learning going on. Um, mm. It's a new offense, new defensive coordinator, similar defensive play calls, but Still, they're learning as well. The offense didn't wasn't in chemistry, wasn't in sync. Uh, really, I didn't see the same improvement from from the, my first day there to the last day there. I did see some improvement, um, but then also there's pre snap penalties. The two minute drills didn't go as smooth, um, mm-hmm. so it just didn't look as complete um, as say San Francisco did. But you can't really knock it. But like I said, because they're in two completely different different stages of growth. Yeah, that that is fascinating to see and um and probably mildly terrifying for Broncos fans listening. Things it's going to be a long season Denver. The um it's a great point you make that that like any great sporting team, I guess, there is this and you've just eloquently defined it. There is this 
clear sense of identity. Everybody knows what they're meant to be doing. Everything fits together. The vision is cohesive and, and, and unified. Everyone gets it. And we did their game, the, the Steelers game, week one on radio. That was our first live game of the season on, on TalkSport. And from the get-go, everyone was playing up. So, yeah, the superstars were. McCaffrey had his fantastic touchdown, of course. You had... Yeah. Uh, Ayuk was on fire, and not just not just in terms of his uh, prolific uh, additions to the offensive game, but well, in terms of receptions and yards, but blocking, he was a it was a big block on him. In fact, that uh, that yeah. McCaffrey and people were doing the heavy lifting, the hard stuff, and it was the second tier players as well, defensively in particular, that were when called upon were stepping up. So you got as well i mean they look the real deal so the 49ers tick definite contenders who else is on the shane vereen shortlist so 40 i would say 49ers are are my clear favorite in the nfc now the afc is completely stacked so that's gonna be extremely tough um i like i really i thought since i think cincinnati will be in the super bowl this year even though really terrible week one I do. I, I I think they're they're ready for that next step. Um, but the only problem is Patrick Mahomes is in the AFC as well, so that's that's going to be another hurdle to climb. I expect. Are you worried Baltimore about Mahomes? Ravens, although they just on Mahomes and the Chiefs. Go ahead. And one of the matchups that I'm really fascinated about week two, and you're going to be picking all of them in a minute. In a minute for us, Chiefs Jazz. Yeah. I think is a really interesting week two game. I think it's a dangerous spot. For the Chiefs. Now, Chris Jones is back. Kelsey should be back. We are recording this pretty early in the week. But the, the book is they'll both be back. But that's a dangerous yeah. spot. The Chiefs could quite conceivably go 0-2, right? Which which is a, is a head scratch. Absolutely. The big concern is obviously receiver. Where's, where's your head at with that? Do you feel it'll come good that players like Tony have enough upside? There's enough depth there f- given you've got Mahomes and Andy Reid. Or will they go and shop and, and bring somebody else in? What's your feel for, for the Chiefs receiving core? So the the receiving core, obviously, um, preacher to the choir needs to get better. I believe they I believe they will get better. I have strong faith that they will get better. Um, the, issue, the the good thing about where the Chiefs are is that you there's really no panic. I mean, mm-hmm. you've been there, you know how to do it, you know how to get it done. A week one loss doesn't make or break you. And mentally, you know that. Uh, mentally, you have confidence that you're going to, you'll you'll be fine. Like, th- there's literally no panic. Um, and mainly because you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, what's there to panic <laughs> about? We're going to, we're going to figure it out eventually, right? Um, you just hope that you figure it out, be- like, before your bye week, before halfway through the season is done. But mm. I do believe that even if the Chiefs are 0-2, I still think they're going to make the playoffs. Like, I, mm. I'm not one to panic. The year we won the Super Bowl, we lost at Miami week one. We won week – we were 2-2 two and two after four games and everybody was saying that we were done, Tom was finished, mm. fire Belichick, yada, 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 and then we go and win the Super Bowl. So, <laughs> sure. like, yeah, yeah. like I'm, not one to, I'm not one to panic – early in seasons um you'll see a lot of improvement in teams across the league get better from week one to week two that is the you'll obviously get better as the season goes but the biggest jump in improvement for most nfl teams is from week one to week two so i week one is always kind of weird and funky week two is where i really sit down and evaluate what's going on why is that? Why is that such a dramatic jump from first to second game? Because preseason isn't games isn't the game speed that you see in week one. Preseason, you're not even playing all of your starters. Um, you're going to practice some, but practice speed, preseason speed, game speed are three completely different speeds, um, and you can't really describe it. You just have to. You just feel it. Um, and so, you know, if your starters haven't taking a ton of snaps in a, in, in a game situation before together, it's going to take a little bit to kind of figure it out and find the chemistry. And the biggest help you can have is after the first game, you go back and you watch the film as a team or as an offense, and you're like, oh, snap, I, you're right. I didn't see it that way, but I see it now. Um, and next time you have that look, you're going to know exactly what to do. The quarterback's going to know where you are. The offensive line is going to see different pressures that they didn't see week one. It's just something about seeing it live live bullets in a real game and then going 
on, and then the next day going into the film room and seeing it together, um, that your things just start to click in your brain a little bit more, both both personally, um, positionally, and you know, as as an entire team. So for a lot of teams, there's a big jump from week one to week two. Things start to get more on the level you want to be week two. For the Denver Broncos, it's kind of week eight or nine by, by, the, sound, by, by the sound of it. Yeah. Okay. Which is so we're clear on that. Hey, uh, okay. So we like yeah, and Chiefs, there is that consistency and surety, as you said, calmness. Like they they've won it before. They're the champs, they know what they're doing. Who yeah. else in the AFC do you like the look of? The Bengals as well, they haven't won it yet, or they haven't gone all the way, but there is, again, a, yeah. um, an experience factor there now that they are, they've are they been to the dance. They, they know they can get there again. Who else in the AFC mm-hmm. in, that, in that really clustered field do you like? You know, I think any team in the AFC North has a chance to go. And by go, I mean a deep playoff run. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the AFC South is weak. But the Jaguars made a playoff last year. I think they'll win the division again this year and make a deeper playoff run. So they're going to be a team to watch out for in the AFC. I don't see them getting to the Super Bowl or AFC Championship game or anything like that. But they are going to be a team that you have to deal with. If Deshaun Watson comes back and, and he starts to improve as this season goes on, the Browns are going to be very good. Their, def- they, they, their defense is unreal. Serious. Um, it's serious. It's serious problems. Um, and so, like, I love, I love the Browns. I love the Bengals. I love the Ravens, and they're all in the same division. Um, <laughs> the Ravens—that's you know, interesting. The East is, yeah, yeah it, it, the, Ravens the Ravens are interesting. Uh, someone was—I was trying to. Uh, God, I can't remember. There's somebody I heard talking on a show in the last 24 hours. It might have been Simmons and Cousin Sal. It might be that show talking about should we be worried about the Ravens are they because there are teams that come out of nowhere and nobody saw coming and put a playoff tilt together kind of like the Giants did last season like nobody saw the Giants coming really right last season and equally there are teams that you think yeah they're going to be they're going to be heavyweights they're going to be in the mix and they and they crash and burn right in that kind of and, and I think they were saying the Ravens might might be in that mix. In in the same by the same token, I think the Vikings are a really fascinating team this season because mm-hmm. everyone was so down on them in, in the offseason and trotting out the same, oh, they won eleven games last season by one score. And uh you know, they've mm-hmm. added so much to that team defensively, I think, with Flores. I think they might be the team that nobody liked the look of that could actually end up being in the mix. Let's get with that segue into our picks we've got to get our picks done and we've got to get 57 seconds done right so there was a lot of pressure on you Shane Vereen because last week week one of our picks contest and just to recap gang it is me versus all versus team guest right so this will be great Super Bowl winners like Shane Vereen and Osu Manura Jay Bell coming up on the show very soon as well Phoebe Schechter like these are greats of the game going up against me and all right so uh (laughs) Last week, you were represented by the writer, the broadcaster, all-pro member of our crew, Ben Isaacs. His brand new book out, by the way. We'll put a link to that in our show notes. Uh, Ben's book is brilliant. It's getting great reviews on Amazon, I noticed as well. Unsurprisingly, Ben was even talking uh, only the other day about a new book in the pipeline. So we're loving that. Brilliant guy. Not great at picking. So (laughs) last week, he managed a total of seven uh, correct picks. Uh, Ollie, and that's okay. team guest, right? So Ollie, Ollie hit nine. So solid for Ollie. Ollie, incidentally, Shane, won our DraftKings listener uh, league. <laughs> Can you believe it? Ollie's team Ooh, won the whole, okay. whole damn thing. Now, we're giving away merch from our friends at USA Sports to anybody that wins that listener league every week, right? I uh, love the guys at USA Sports. Okay. In fact, the Dolphins mug I'm drinking from is courtesy of them. So thank you for that, guys. Uh, but Ollie can't he can't claim that swag. So that's going to go to the, the player who came second. And I, I broke the news to Ollie the other day. He wasn't a happy shade. He was, he was uh, <laughs> poor guy. A WhatsApp message that was full of expletives. Uh, shall we say, but Ollie, <laughs> anyway, Ollie's in second. And I got, I got 11, 11 picks, right? So I had a good week one. So you've got I'm already okay. four picks out of team guest. Okay. So there's a lot of pressure rapid fire here. Starting with Thursday night football and the aforementioned Vikings who despite my my hype are already own ones so what do I know and they've got a tough spot they're heading to the Eagles the Philly take it or the uh, Minnesota Chuck Robert e- Eagles 
Okay, I'm not announcing my picks here, Earl. I'm going to, or am I? Okay, it sounds like I am going to as well. <laughs> I gotta, Ollie, you better send your picks on WhatsApp. You can't have extra days to do this. All right, I'm going, despite everything I said about the bikes, I'm going to go Eagles in this one. <laughs> but I yeah. still think Minnesota might make the playoffs. All right, Jordan Love, what a, what a performance he had last week. Jordan Love, extraordinary numbers that he put up. Where where are we? Yes, 15 of his 27 uh, 15 completions out of 27, 245, three touchdowns. And that was without Christian Watson. And Romeo Dobbs mm-hmm. only played half the game because of injury. So assuming things are re-upped on the receiver front, the Packers get a win in Atlanta. Green Bay at Atlanta. Which way are you going there? Green Bay at Atlanta. I'm taking Atlanta. I'm going to take the Packers. I think Jordan Love's legit. I think the Packers are oh, super look sticky good. team. They look good. Uh, yeah. And I think they get it done. I looked, I watched every snap of Desmond Ritter. He reminds me a lot, and this is good news, I guess, for the for the Falcons. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Tannehill. I think he's sneaky good with his legs. Oh. But he's okay. a young, yeah. slightly raw, mechanical, almost yeah. slightly awkward, <laughs> awkward version of Tannehill. Yeah. But I like, I like and, what I and saw you, there. And you know and and because of like because of that because of the youth of the Falcons, I think they th- those young type of teams get wins early in the season, especially at home, because the mm. energy's up, the enthusiasm in the stadium, and then they hit reality around like week four, week five. Like okay. so, I think the Packers Packers <laughs> okay. are going to have a better record at the end of the year. But I think this game, the Falcons win. I love that. That peaked too soon. All right, Raiders Bills. Yeah. Next up, the 0-1 Bills. Bills. Surely they – yeah, Bills. Yeah. Bills, I'm with the Bills as well. Bills. Bengals, I'm guessing, going to pick over the Ravens given – or maybe not. Uh, this one this this one is tough. Um, I'm going to go Bengals. You know, Ollie said on Edge Rush that he figured the Bengals would split one of their the – split their first two games, and he said the Browns would be maybe the one they dropped and they picked up the Ravens, and Ollie knows his Bengals better than anyone I know. And I think they bounce, but I think it is – I think it is a statement bounce back win. And I'm, as I said, a little bit worried uh, about the Ravens. So, yeah, I'm taking the Bengals yeah. there. The Seahawks on the road in Detroit. That's going to be a good game. Last year, Seattle went to Detroit and uh, got beat pretty bad, I want to say, if I remember correctly. Uh, I'm going to go Lions. Yeah, Lions for me as well. I'm taking the Colts in Houston over the Texans. Really excited about Anthony Richardson's development. So, Indy for me. Yeah, Indy for me. Yeah. Kansas City at Jacksonville. Yeah, I've got to say the Chiefs. It's gonna it's gonna be a really fascinating game, but I think the Chiefs Chiefs get it done. Okay, Kansas City at Jacksonville. I'm gonna say I'll go with you, Kansas City. Yeah, okay. Bear, I like it. If you keep agreeing with me, I've got that four game separation. <laughs> keep on rolling, Shane Marine. Okay, Bears, Bears, Bucks. Baker Mayfield getting the win. As I predicted, that's one of the ones I got right. I think they go 2 0. I like the Bucks to go 2 0 here. I, I was not impressed by the, by the Chicago Bears at all. Um, I do think that they will be better. I'm not really a big fan of the Buccaneers either. Um, Bucks. Yeah, I think the Bucks D are going to be far too much for, for that offense if, if we see a reboot of that. Yeah. Chargers lost a, a thriller a, against Miami, of course. They head to Tennessee now. Wasn't a particularly thrilling game. Their turnout against a New Orleans and the Saints, of course, ground out that win. I think the Chargers will have too much for Tennessee. I'm picking LA on the road here. You know, the char- yeah, the Chargers are one of the more frustrating teams in my brain because I, you want them to do well. They're supposed to do well, and they just lay an egg anyways i'm going chargers mm. every time <laughs> every year they're like they're that friend that yeah. just lets you down yeah. if like listen you got a really big yeah. day tomorrow don't stay out too late as you're leaving them in the bar it's like yeah i'm just gonna have one more and then they're, and they're at 5 a.m you're getting you're getting whatsapp messages that's yeah. the chargers uh okay uh speaking of disappointing the giants i uh now shane i know they are close to your heart uh, they've got the yeah. best landing spot pretty much possible in, in Arizona. For a while, <laughs> the Cardinals look competitive against Washington, but surely the Giants mm-hmm. get the road when they get their season up and running, right? Yeah, that I mean, 40 to 0 is is about as embarrassing um, just from a, a level of like being a man away from football. <laughs> like that's just embarrassing <laughs> at home on Sunday night against your arrival and you beat 40 to 0. Yeah, the Giants come back big. 
What would Tom Coughlin have done you. after that? Oh my God, Coughlin, that would have oh, been, not would have been in that locker room if he'd lost 40 zip. Okay, let's been, rattle through the rest. All red yeah, in the face. Okay, go ahead. Even redder than, even redder than usual. Okay, uh, 49ers <laughs> over the Rams. Ro- I'm going road win for the, for the 49ers in LA. Yep, I'm with you. Yep. R- Niners. Jets, a Cowboys. Oh, that game's got an altogether different complexion now, but I'm going to go Dallas for the home win and the, and the Cowboys improve to 2-0. Okay, uh, I'm going to go. You're going to go Jets? I want to. I'm going to go Do Jets it. on the You're road. Gonna go. I'm going to go Jets Wilson, on the road. 300 yards, three touchdowns. I took the redemption arc, baby. Yeah. The Commanders yeah. at... Uh, the Denver Broncos. We now buy you are at Denver, so I'm guessing you're gonna you're gonna be picking Denver in this spot. I am. Yes, I'm picking the Broncos. Oh, yeah. in this okay. I am as well. Actually, yeah. I'm gonna go there. Yeah. Dolphins. Pats. One of the great rivalries in the NFL. Got to be Miami on the road in, in New England. I like them for the road win, even though you know Belichick will already have worked out more than any other mere mortal about how to stifle this McDaniel offense. I still think they get the road win. Miami for me. I'm going with the Patriots. Um, oh, yeah. Where are you on the Patriots this season? I'm not sure yet. I, I, I can't give I can't give an honest opinion. Um, I thought, I mean, they started the game out slow, obviously, but then they kind of picked up steam in the second half, which I was kind of expecting. Um, and I think Dolphins, the Dolphins showed more uh, susceptibility, more holes in the in, in their, especially in their defense, but in their offense as well. And I think that the Patriots, those I think Coach Bilicek and and Billy O'Brien are going to be able to exploit what Miami, although they scored a lot of points and it was fun to watch, and Tyreek Hill absolutely destroyed my fantasy team in Week One. Um, <laughs> I, I yeah, I think I think they're gonna I think they're gonna have some some answers for the Dolphins. I like the Patriots at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear that. I hear the logic. And Tyreek can't go over two hundred and change every every damn week. Maybe he can. He's on point for fifty five thousand yards. Uh, okay, this, this <laughs> obviously double header on uh, Monday Night Football, right? Which is uh, the Saints Panthers. Uh, I guess I guess the Saints, but I mean that's yeah. I'm gonna back car on the road. Uh, it'll be watchable yeah. for obviously for you got the Saints as well. Okay, and then. Maybe the game of the week. Well, up there anyway. Up there. Browns, Steelers, Cleveland heading to Pittsburgh. Yeah. My God, Pittsburgh were not as advertised against the 49ers. I think they get things back. I think Mike Tomlin is not going to allow that kind of performance two weeks in a row. And it'll be a tight one. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I think the Steelers' <laughs> offense gets back on track, and I think the defense will, because uh, both sides of the ball they were weak against San Fran. So I like, I like Pittsburgh at home in prime time. <clears throat> I like Cleveland. Um, I like Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Cleveland's first game against against the Bengals wasn't really fun to watch because it was a torrential downpour for four quarters. Um, I like I like Cleveland. I love their defense. I think Deshaun Watson is gonna is gonna start trending back to what year was that? Twenty nineteen Deshaun Watson. Twenty twenty Deshaun Watson. So I got the Browns. Oh, okay, you're gonna go Browns. When you start, when you said Deshaun Watson was starting trending. I was thinking him trending on social media, and he probably wants to trend. <laughs> Altogether different reasons to where, where he has been yeah. the last few years. Yeah, just get back to playing football, Absolutely. Sean. Um, all right, there we go. Those oh, are our Nick Chubb. Look, a Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad we had yeah, a bit yeah. of separation there as well. That's good. That's good news. That makes it fun. Play along at home. Uh, Seb and the guys on social are going to put our picks out. Propo, uh, I know you're listening because you're producing the show. You've got to put your picks in now in the WhatsApp group. That is an order because otherwise, Shane, what he's going to do is pick them on Saturday and then we're going to, you know, he's going to have all the benefit. Of, we're making crazy early picks. That's what this is. Crazy early uh, week picks. Yeah. Um, play along with us. We'll put the graphic out on social. Uh, see if you can beat us head to head to head. Uh, all right. Last but by no means least, I've been excited about this for a while. 57 seconds, Shane Vereen. Questions coming at you thick okay. and fast. There are some clearly right answers, other answers. I'm just going to arbitrarily choose if they're right or wrong. And you've got to try and get as many as you can right in 57 seconds. And every week, our guests okay. are going to be doing the same thing. So this is, you're playing against a, a lot of heavyweights here for pride. You want to be on top of that leaderboard at the end of the season. Okay. okay. You, you feel set. Right. Get, you want to get in game mode? Or you feel ready? Hold on. <clears throat> what time is it? Game time. All right. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right let's do it okay I'm, I'm i'm gonna time it right here okay so i'm gonna hit it bang on the nose three two one what number was tom brady taken in the 2000 nfl draft 199 
199 is correct. Name three running backs that are in the 2,000-yard club. Terrell Davis, yep. um, um, uh, Derrick Henry, yep. and uh, rushing yards or I'll total? give you the point. There you go. There you got it. Two out of three is good enough for me. The Wire okay. or the Sopranos? Wire. Yeah, it's the correct answer. I love the Sopranos, though. This season's MVP is? This season's MVP is Joe Burrow. Is Zach Wilson, I'm afraid. That's wrong. <laughs> player that you, most want, <laughs> that you most want, the player that you most want alongside you in a bar fight? Aaron Donald. <laughs> it has to be correct. <laughs> Craziest fans? Buffalo Bills. Correct. Dream Super Bowl halftime show? Ooh, it's your last me. question. You've got time. You've hit the clock. You're allowed to answer this. Okay. You're allowed to answer All this. Right. Did you uh, say me? You were saying uh, Ronson, me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would, you, would you do what, what Kanye did at Glastonbury? Just basically just have a completely <laughs> stage. Shane Marine. And a, what would you say? What would you, I would just be the DJ. I would just bring the DJ and bring out a bunch of famous people and they would forget about me, but, you know, I put on a show. Genius. That sounds amazing. Shane Marine. Who would you, who would you have? Who would your guest be if you could bring out Shane Marine and friends? Oh, okay. I would start with like, I would start with like, um, like Paul McCartney. Right. Nice. And then, nice. and then, I, and then I would go, then I would go to like him, him and Elton John on stage together. Then I'd bring a band out and then I would then I would transform that into like hip hop with Paul McCartney and Elton John on the pianos with like some hip hop artists coming out. Oh, I'm, I'm telling this. You, I'm loving this. Goosebumps. Cross generational, <laughs> cross genre. I love, yeah. I love it. There you go. Yes. Jay-Z, I, I know listens to the show, so I know he'll be taking notes here from, <laughs> from Shane Marine. Brilliant stuff. Well, that was a pretty decent score. I haven't worked it out yet. It will come out in the wash. Uh, okay. uh, and we'll get it out on social and confirm uh, your score. We did pretty well from just just instinctively, intuitively. You got most right. Um, the Wire okay, of the Sopranos, cool. and it will be a, a controversial one. Ollie, of course, um, yeah. Gen Z, still hasn't seen. I, I think either old definitely hasn't seen The Wire. I don't think he's watched The Sopranos either. This is the, <laughs> the Gen, Gen Z that he is. You know what he told me the other day, Shane? He told me that he's never seen a Rocky film. A Rocky film? He's never Adrian. seen a Rocky film. He's never seen a Rocky film. We've got an education wow. to do with, with Propo, don't we? We've got a lot of work to do. Has with he him. seen Creed? Yes, he's seen Creed, exactly. Textbook Gen Z has watched any film made before 2018. He hasn't seen it. <laughs> but basically, but he's seen Creed, but he hasn't seen Rocky. Which, Creed makes less oh, sense wow. if you haven't seen Rocky. So it's just exactly. textbook proper. But you, these kids, so we got to, what are we going to do? So look, uh, we're done and dusted. An hour, uh, it just flies by in your company, Shane Vereen. It is always a pleasure catching up with you, having a laugh, and most importantly, getting your insight as well. I know our fans love you. I know you're a fan fave on the show. So come back and see us very, very soon now. All right, I appreciate it, Nat. Thank you so, so much. Uh, anytime, anytime. Take care, man. Catch up soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.